Good morning, and welcome to the Everyman Global Livestream. Thanks for being a part of the Everyman Movement. My name is Greg Monk. I'm a, a father of five, a husband for the past 30 years, a Marine Corps combat veteran, and a pastor. I have been doing ministry with Kenny Luck for many years, and I'm honored and humbled to be with you this morning at Everyman. I wanna encourage you to, to download the notes. Click download notes and follow along with us. Why? Because we want you to teach this study on a Zoom call with your men's group or at church. We put the notes together to multiply this men's movement through you. So please, download the notes. Today we are kicking off part two of a new series called The Guide. In USMC boot camp, I was the platoon leader and carried the platoon flag. It's called a guide on. In turn, that made me the guide. The fear of death in combat led me to the feet of the cross and Jesus became the guide of my life. At that moment, I became a soldier for Christ. Over the coming weeks, we are going to be looking at how God is the guide of our lives. Last week, we talked about a soldier's identity and how our truest identity is not what you do, what you have accomplished, what social economic group you were born into, what gender you are, or what pain you have experienced. Your truest identity is that you are the son of the Most High God, the creator of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are a man of God. That is your true identity. Embrace it and live it like a good soldier. If you have not had a chance to watch, please check out part one of the guide series. You know, most of us want to be good and faithful soldiers, and we know what the opposite of those things are and what those things produce. What is guiding you is what is going to determine what kind of soldier you're going to be. Is media guiding you? Are our politics guiding you? Is Hollywood guiding you? Is wealth guiding you? Is pleasure guiding you? Or is God guiding you? Like me, some of you, some of you were raised to be, uh, to be not so godly. You were raised by wolves. You had poor examples. You had poor guides. Over these next few weeks, I pray that you will come to understand that your origins do not determine your destiny. Praise God for that. You are not alone in your struggle. Pressure reveals your substance, so your substance matters. You know what? That you truly matter to God. This week's monkism is the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in combat. It's a true. That's why Marines train so hard. You train and you prepare for what's to come. And you survive if you train harder and longer and you bleed a lot less, that's for sure. Today on part two of the guide, we are talking about a soldier's growth. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4.8, for while body, bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Your truest growth happens under pressure, when you train, when you are stretched. Pressure reveals your true character and the pressure of boot camp and training brought out qualities in me like honor, leadership, courage, and commitment. A soldier's growth in the military is mastering the basics of following orders, drill, discipline, forced marching with a full pack, 
carrying a rifle, cleaning your rifle, firing your rifle, hand-to-hand -hand combat, problem solving under pressure, survival training, leading, working as a team, first aid, and respect. A soldier's growth for God is mastering the basics of trusting in God, reading the Bible, God's word, worshiping, fellowshipping with other believers like we do here at Everyman, serving, sharing, inviting, and giving. You heard the awesome flag story in part one. Easily, it's, it's easily one of the most asked about stories that I have. Since I'm here, I have to at least share with you some boot camp stories on how USMC training caused me to grow. I joined the Marine Corps because of my friend Adam. Adam stopped by the recruiting station one day to check in in May of our senior year. It was 1988, and I happened to be with him. Based on my life situation and limited prospects, I was ripe for the picking. I was also primed because if you didn't know, movies shaped my soul at that time, and we had just watched Full Metal Jacket, so I wanted to be part of the Marine Corps. Let's just pause there for one second. Have you seen Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket? What person in their right mind would actually watch that and then join the Marine Corps? Well, it shines a little light on the depth of my psychosis for sure. I knew that the Marines were more challenging than any other branches. Nothing compares to the Marines. No disrespect, but besides the Special Forces, everyone knows the Marine Corps is the greatest of all the major branches. Everything I've experienced personally in the military has only confirmed that truth. It is the smallest, most elite branch of service between the four majors, Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. Every Marine goes through combat training before they go to their MOS, their military occupational specialty or job. The Marine Corps would provide three square meals a day and a roof over my head. And all I had to do is do whatever they said. <laughs> that sounds awesome to me. Security and stability can be a significant motivating factor in someone's life, and it wasn't mine. They also had something called the buddy program, where you and a friend could go to boot camp together in the same platoon. That sealed the deal for me. I signed up to be an 8151 Marine Embassy Guard Security Forces. Adam and I were going to go to boot camp together in March of 1989. I went home and told my mom I had joined the Marine Corps. She was shocked. I told her not to worry. The recruiters had told me there were no conflicts or wars in the world right then. What a sucker I was. I decided to go to a semester of junior college and play football at Orange Coast College, then go into boot camp. Adam was getting impatient and didn't want to wait. So he went to boot camp early in October of 88. What a jerk move, man. He bailed on me. Oh, well, I had such a great time playing football that fall. And you know what? The day I went to boot camp in March, I reported to the USMC recruiting office on Beach Boulevard in Huntington Beach. I got in a van and it took me up to Los Angeles to the MIPS station. There. That's military entrance processing station. We did initial... Uh, processing stuff until early evening before getting on a bus headed to MCRD San Diego. That stands for Marine Recruit Depot. We stopped at the San Clemente Denny's on Pico at around 9 p.m. that night, which was my last meal as, a, as a, just a citizen before arriving at MCRD San Diego. At around 1 a.m. we got there. Pulling up to MCRD, I spotted the drill instructors with their famous broad-billed campaign cover hat through the bus window. I was getting excited. You know, 
you could see that there were yellow footprints painted uh, to indicate exactly where you were, where you're going gonna to stand when you got off the bus. A drill instructor came on board the bus and the 13 weeks of continuous yelling began. I loved every second of it. I was used to hell week in football and being yelled at. I liked being challenged and pushed. I loved the concept of someone trying to break you because I knew I would never quit, never. I really hate a couple things. I hate it when people mess with my stuff and I hate it when people sucker punch me in the shoulder or slap me in the back of the head. I got off the bus and they were yelling one inch from my face their breath and spit were all over my face. The first thing we did was learn to get in formation, which is four squads of 25 people or so. Each guy is to stand on those painted feet that are in a perfect V formation from, from, uh, in the form of their heels. You learn quickly to respond with, sir, yes, sir. It's motivating and intoxicating when a whole platoon of men yells out in unison, sir, yes, sir. This was my processing platoon for the next 48 hours. I would be with them until I was assigned to my boot camp platoon for the next 13 weeks. What I didn't know was that I was not going to sleep until the following night. The first thing they do is they, they cut off your hair. A look that I have still kept to this day. I had never seen my head with no hair. It was a trip. They stripped down any identity you had before and put you all in the same clothes. They want to mold you into a lean, mean fighting machine. They want to mold you into a Marine. We had been up for 36 hours getting our hair cut, getting measured and fitted for all the undergarments, camos and uniforms that, that, that we were gonna be issued and used for the, for the coming boot camp. We went through our, our next of kin and tons of processing stuff, but it took way longer than it needed to. But one thing you learn is in the Marine Corps is hurry up and wait. And it starts there in boot camp. When they were making my dog tags, they asked me if I was a Protestant or Catholic. I wasn't either of those things. So I said to put down Christian, and they did. The funny thing is, is that at that time in my life, I was not a Christian. I had friends who took me to church and shared Christ with me. I guess they had respect for the person of Christ, but didn't know him personally. If I had to put something, I was okay with that. They stuck us in a room with school type desk chairs. They turned down the lights and put on soft music. They told everyone not to fall asleep, sit at attention, and if you did, they would punish you. Well, inevitably, guys started to fall asleep. The processing drill instructors would walk up the aisles looking for someone sleeping. Some guys were completely out, so the drill instructor would stand behind them for a few seconds to see if they would self-correct. When they didn't, they slapped them in the back of the head so hard that they woke up instantly and in a panic. I was so exhausted and I was watching this going on. I thought, oh man, please don't fall asleep, Greg. Oh man, if they hit me like that, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I started to panic inside. I thought that would be enough to, to, to stay awake, to, to, to not fall asleep. But I was destined to fail at that moment. So the next thing you know, my sleeping, fighting eyes finally stopped fighting and I was out. I caught myself a couple times and woke up on my own or from a guy giving me a warning. It was really hard to warn each other because you were not supposed to move or talk. You were supposed to sit at attention and be quiet. One time I woke up with a drone instructor right next to me and I barely made it. Stay awake, monk. I'm saying to myself, oh crap, they're looking for me now. Sure enough, I was out. Who knows for how long, but then it happened. The hardest slap that rocked my brain 
right in the back of the head. As fast as my eyes opened, fury raged through me. And instantly I was trying to stand up uh, to take on this attack that happened. But as I stood up, the death stayed around my waist like a hula hoop. I, I didn't have my composure yet and the drill instructor could see the rage on my face. Instantly, three drill instructors were in my face yelling at me saying, oh, the big man thinks he's tough. Big man is upset. Oh, big man wants to fight. It made me even more mad. And I made the mistake of eyeballing one of them because I was freaking pissed at that time, man, looking at him. <laughs> and I knew if I had to, I could kick the crap out of at least one of those guys. But I quickly realized that this situation was totally futile. They began to sit down. Oh no, you lost your chance, monk. So they pulled me out of the seat. And I learned the second lesson after hurry up and wait, which is bends and thrusts. And no, it's not a sexual thing. It's what the CrossFit world calls a burpee, but it's without a jump up. You squat down, put your hands on the ground and kick out your legs into a push-up position. Then instantly recoil back to a squat position and stand up, repeat. I did it about 100, 200, 200 times. Um, and they were yelling at me uh, before I was yelled to sit down again. I was so pumped up and, and full of adrenaline. There was no way I was going to fall asleep again. We were there for another hour or so. Then we went to this enormous squad bay with bunk beds, showers with no stalls, and toilets with no stalls. Man, if you have any anxiety about showering or going to the bathroom in front of people, you quickly get over that. I remember showering and looking at my shaved head in the mirror for a while, then getting on the top of, the, of a bunk, on top of the bunk and sitting there, and, and just lying there thinking, what the heck have I gotten myself into? Man, what the hell did I decide to do this? Still, I was excited about the coming weeks and, and, and what, that, what they would hold for me. What was I gonna experience and go through? Lying on my cot, looking up at the ceiling, I could hear many of these young men around me fighting back tears as they attempted to make peace with their new reality. I called out to God and asked him again to help me be the best I could be here in boot camp. This was a fresh start for me the beginning of my life, where my family's past would, would have no hold on me in moving forward. I have another story about learning to repel in boot camp. I will share with you in a moment. You, you know, you grow a lot learning the basics in USMC boot camp. You, you know, you become a lean, mean fighting machine. They're trying to mold you into something. As men of God, we are seeking to grow in our faith. As soldiers of Christ, we want to be the best that we can be. And we, as we look at a soldier's growth, I want to go through those right now. And the first way a, a soldier's growth happens is when we're rooted. And I want you to write that down. Write down when rooted. A soldier's, a soldier's growth happens when rooted. And now, just as you accepted Christ, here it says in the Bible, and now just as you accepted Christ, Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. That's Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Don't follow the ways of men, culture, and the world. Continue to follow Jesus. For continual and reliable spiritual fuel for growth, you need to remind yourself daily of the moment you receive Christ. Kenny Luck always says, a tree has to grow downward to grow upward. Rooting determines life and death for a tree. 
God's process for us involves constantly rooting ourselves to, to his love. Without that ongoing quest and without repeated encounters with God's love, we simply cannot grow or build the wide-ranging network of roots that sustain a strong life in Christ. If you focus on the above-ground life at the expense of the below-ground process of roots, you find yourself confused as to why you seemingly uh, are not having breakthroughs in your character, your attitude, and your relationships. As Christians, we walk, but we are also rooted, and, and we are also built up. The message in this passage is clear. Be established, keep growing. You understand that you need to train in order to grow, to improve, and to be ready for the next challenge. To train spiritually and grow spiritually, you need to daily surrender to what the Lord has for you. You need to pray, you need to read God's word, and you need to be in fellowship with your, with your brothers, with other believers. You need a band of brothers, like we have here at Everyman. You are to be rooted as, as the good seed has already been sown in you when you receive Jesus. It is to take root and the roots are to spread far and wide and deep. You are to be grounded, like it says in the passage, as the foundation has already been laid when you receive Jesus. You are to build upon it. The result is that you bear much fruit, that you grow up to be a dwelling place of the Spirit of God. Also, because our roots are deep, when life's issues come up, we don't abandon our faith. We, we lean in to our faith. You know what? A soldier's growth happens when we're rooted. And the second one is, a soldier's growth happens in accountability. A soldier's growth happens in accountability. Military folks understand the importance of working as a unit. Platoon, reaction force, or a fire team. We are not an army of one. And in life, as men of God, we need that same kind of team, that same brotherhood. We are more effective together than alone. Man, we need to remember that. We're so much better alone. We can't be John Wayne's doing our own thing out there. We're not designed for that. We are better together. And Proverbs 27, 17, it says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You know, as men, we quote that verse all the time. Every man, you've heard it many times. And what that represents is, you know, a piece of iron can sharpen another piece of iron, but it happens through striking. It happens through friction and with sparks. Think of a blacksmith's hammer working on a sword to make it sharp. Accountability with other men of God sharpens. It improves and develops us. But it may happen through a bit of friction and sparks. We shouldn't be afraid of friction. And also expect that true sharpening can happen without the occasional use of friction as well. A true friend persists and does not shy away from critical, constructive criticism. As men of God, we form a brotherhood with each other. Every man is a brotherhood that exists to encourage men in their faith. A brotherhood that, that, that has a mutual concern for each other's infirmities. We care about each other's trials and temptations. And that's why, that's why every man exists, is to help men grow in their faith and, and to work together and come alongside each other. Don't believe the lie that strong men don't need anyone. Our strong men don't ask for help. Our, our strong men don't show emotion. When you're alone, you're vulnerable to attack, physically and spiritually. And to tie up this point, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says it so well. 
And it says this, two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Man, that is a, that's a powerful passage about staying in accountability. Alone is bad. Two can stand back to back. You know what? When I think about that, who has your back? Can you name men that have your back? And it also says in there a triple braided cord. You know, and when you, you know what that represents? It represents you, another man, and the Lord. That's what it represents. A triple braid, you know, is super strong because it makes a cable. Three bound in the one. It's powerful. If you are alone in your, in your walk with God and in life, you will be defeated. The odds are stacked against you. But if you have real friends, true friends, and you stand back to back, it says you will conquer. So it's your choice. If you want to conquer, you need to get in community where, where there is accountability. Not just community, it's community with accountability. Before my last point, let me share with you another boot camp story. One of the things you learn in boot camp is how to repel. It was something I, I had never done before. First, first, you, first you learn how to make a repelling harness or a sweet seat. Uh, they, you know, they give you a 12 foot piece of rope and you put the rope around your waist and then you take the two ends under your legs uh, on either side of your crotch uh, uh, from the front to your lower butt cheek on each side and bring the ropes around up uh, to the sides and pulling it as tight as you can, putting the rope around your entire privates. And no, it's, it's not very comfortable at all. During this, pro uh, during this process, you learn, you know, you're, you learn how, how, you're learning from these DIs. Uh, they're called instructional DIs. Uh, they're not your normal DIs that you're in your platoon 24-7. They're instruct instructional DIs. They're called ITC DIs. Um, and my head drill instructor came close to me as I was doing this. He was talking to the other DIs from our platoon so I could hear him. He wasn't talking to me, but he was talking to the other DIs. Remember our bravest guide we ever had who didn't do the three pushes off the wall but did it in one big jump? you know, and freaked out everyone, that was the guide who had some balls. I mean, I totally was smelling what my head DI was, was, was trying to communicate to me. I thought, I'm your Huckleberry, but I didn't say anything. So there I was, 60 feet on the rappel wall. I'm not afraid of heights, but I'm not a fan either. I, I got up to the top and, and, and I clipped in and I felt the tension. Then I started to, to step back and fear came over me. But, but my DI's words were in my head and I was just trying not to mess up. I continued to walk back to the edge, my right hand with the rope in the middle of my lower back in the six o'clock position. My left hand was out in front. I was standing on the edge at a 45 degree angle, you know, transitioning from, uh, from the platform to the side of the wall, man, that's, that, that's a trip. Cause it's tight, but it creates uh, some slack. There was tension on the rope, but, but something didn't feel right for me. As one, of my, as one of my feet on the edge slipped, man, it flipped, and now I was upside down on the wall. Not good, man. I was, I was so embarrassed. I quickly flopped around and, and got on my knees on the side of the wall. 
I got situated. My right hand still at the six o'clock position um, you know, in my lower back, locking me in. And the DI who was belaying me on the ground could stop me as well if he needed to. Um, I moved from my knees to my feet and I'm standing on the side of the wall now. You know, I was there, it felt good. I was at the very top in, in a proper rappel position. I pushed off a couple times on the top, getting a feel of how, how this really worked. And, and released my hand out to the right a little bit, you know, to the three o'clock position, back to the six o'clock. And it's like, oh, I'm trying to get a feel for it. You know, I went down the wall just a little bit and landed back on the wall. Okay, I got this, I, I see how this works. You know, as you, as you jump off the wall, you bring your right hand out at the three o'clock position from the middle of your lower back in a six o'clock position and you freely go down the wall. That's how it happens, back and forth. You know, as you put your right hand out, it happens. Now, here I was, I was ready to go. My three big pushes off the wall to get to the bottom. Then, then my DI's words came back to me, I guess to haunt me. And I said to myself, once in a while, you gotta say, what the heck? It was a different word. You know, that was a line from the movie Risky Business, me and my friends, and I used all the time. Even if I let go completely, in theory, my DI below uh, on the bottom would be able to stop me. I, I, I pushed off the wall a few times, getting, you know, checking it out. Pushed off, keep pushed off the wall. Each time I did, I was pushing farther and farther out. I wanted to get an even bigger push off for the last one. As my feet hit the wall, I went down to a squat position and pushed off with everything in me. I pulled, I pulled my hand from the middle of my lower back and I was flying down. I was not going to bring my hand back until I got close to the bottom. I let go of the rope accidentally. For a second, I was flying down and as I got closer to the bottom, the DIs were yelling, break, break. The DI who was belaying me ran away from the wall to tighten all the slack as quickly as possible to create friction to stop me. I finally grabbed the rope again and as soon as I started to bring my hand back, it was too late. My belay below finally stopped me. My feet hit the wall and I was about three feet from the ground, standing sideways on the wall. I just had to step down to the ground. All the activity stopped on the wall and every instructional DI was in my face, cussing at me and giving me hell. They, they let me clear the rope and an instructional DI pulled me over to the side so I could start bending and thrusting of all things, as usual. As I was being punished, I looked over at my, my head DI. He looked at me like this with the grin of like that a boy and nodded his head in, in approval. Then he started shaking his head as, as he was talking to the other DIs like I was crazy. After my extra workout, they let me rappel down the hole from 60 feet, simulating coming out of a helicopter. Later that night, before we, we hit the rack for the night, my head DI called me into his office. Of all the guys over the years, you monk are the only one to actually take me up on my challenge. You're a motivating recruit, keep it up. Now. Now I, actually have, now I actually have a guide who is either crazy, stupid, or just fearless. Get the, hell, get the hell out of my face. I went to bed that night realizing that being fearless doesn't mean you don't have fear. It's having courage in the face of fear to do what needs to be done. Maybe there's a, a fine line between courage and crazy. The marine experience will let you know when you cross that line, for better or for worse. You know, we grow through the good, bad and crazy experiences in our lives. God uses all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly of your life to cause you to grow. 
A soldier's growth happens when rooted. A soldier's growth happens in accountability. And thirdly, a soldier's growth happens on mission. Write that in, on mission. And the Bible says this, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Hebrews 10, 38 through 39. Man, that's an awesome passage. This passage is all about risk. Risk is, you know, risk is, is taking a step, is, is going for it. You know, so faith is synonymous with risk. That's what it's saying here, which means we commit before knowing the outcome. So whenever and wherever God says to go forward, to live out our purpose or to impact someone else, we go. We don't know what's going to happen. We just know God has given the order and that he loves us and he knows who we are. We are going to serve the mission, even though we may not know all the outcomes of taking that step. You never have to shrink back when the force behind you far exceeds whatever challenge is in front of you. Oh my, man, you don't forget that. You never have to shrink back when the force behind you far exceeds whatever challenge is in front of you. What that is, is when God's behind you, nothing can stop you. Rooted in love and the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you need to accept and live out the mission. There is a mission that only you can step into. I don't have your relationships. Um, your life for such a time as this, you're in places and, you know, you're, you're, you're in spaces and places uh, that others are not. You need to accept the challenge and engage. A lot of people complain that they don't see God's power, but they're not risking, accepting, and engaging the mission. Don't live through other people's stories. I have stories because I stepped out and took a risk. So can you. Engage the mission. Live and experience it. Don't just talk about it. We need to live it out. The only way to really know something is to live it out. Mastering the basics. That's what boot camp's all about. That's what every man exists, to help. We need to accept the mission. Engage the mission. The big diff, there's, you know, there's this big difference between knowing about something and living it out. You know, we need to live it out, not just talk about it, not just study it. We need to live it out. We need to be bold and confident on mission for Jesus. We need to be men of God who, who press forward and gain the promise of God. We will not draw back into old ways, into our old life that existed without Jesus. Let's get tough. You know, we all face disappointment. We all face depression and discouragement. And for some of us, when it happens, some of us, we shrink back and fall away. But when you are deeply rooted, and then when life's issues come up, you don't abandon your faith. You lean into your faith. For some of you, the risk you're going to have to take, the risk that God is, is talking about here in this passage is, you're, and so for some of you, it's your mission right now is to be transparent. Your mission is to be transparent with another man. It's to tell your brothers where you really are at or what is really going on in your life. You need to hear that, that whatever that problem is, God is bigger than that problem. Whatever your problem is, God is bigger than that problem. So you can be transparent. A soldier grows when he's in community where there's accountability, but it starts with transparency. Your brothers can't help you if they don't have the intel on what's truly going on with you. We need the intel so we can help you. 
A, soldier's gr a soldier grows when he's in community where there's accountability. But in order to have community and accountability, you need transparency. You need to stretch yourself beyond your comfort zone. If you want to grow, you need to stretch yourself. Get out of your comfort zone. A soldier's growth truly happens when we are rooted, when we are accountable, and when we're on mission. I'm going to pray for you right now and ask God just to bless your day and to help you to do these things that we're talking about today. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. Lord, we thank you for this message and Lord, the word of God. Lord, I pray that it would penetrate our hearts. Lord God, that we would understand what it means to be rooted in you, Lord God. That, that we would seek that your love, Lord God, your acceptance, that we would seek your ways, your word, Lord God, that we'd be taught our roots would run deep, Lord God, and, 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 and our life would be impacted by that, Lord God, and it would be changed and we'd bear much fruit, Lord God. I pray for that. Lord, I pray for, for each and every man that they'd be rooted in you in all things. Lord, and I pray that, that, that every man would be accountable, that they'd realize that they can't go it alone, that they need help. Lord, I pray that they would uh, seek to join other men in study of your word, Lord God, that they'd be accountable to each other. Lord, that they would talk to each other. That they, would, they would help each other. They would tune in to every man, Lord God, and, and get the tools they need to grow in their faith and be accountable with other men. And Lord God, I pray that, Lord, we would seek out your mission for our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, you know, uh, to, for us to step into what you have for us, God. We don't want to do our own thing. We want to do your thing, Lord. Um, when we do our own thing, things get messed up. We want to step into what you have for us, God. Put us on mission, Lord God. Help us to step out in faith to do your work and your will in our lives. Lord, we give you this morning. Uh, Lord, we give you this. Help us to be soldiers who grow in you and all things, Lord God. And thank you for this study. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen. Amen. Well, I have an ask for you, two things. If you are active or inactive military, or you know of a soldier or a veteran, I, wanna, I want you to do two things for me. First, can you forward a link of this live stream right now to every man you know, especially those that, that served and have served in our military? I know that they'll, they'll laugh at the, at the boot camp stories and, and the stories of combat to come. They won't laugh at those, but it'll strike a chord with them. And two, I wrote a book called The Guide, Survival, War Fighting, Peacemaking, and it comes out in November of 2022. I'm really excited about it. It's a book about the crazy and funny, sad and moving stories that is my life, some of which I'm sharing in this series and just share with you today. Click on the link to my website below. It's gregmonk.net to pre-order your copy today. Join us next week for part three of The Guide series, where we will discuss a soldier's surrender. Surrender? It may sound confusing. I'm not talking about bending the knee or bowing before any man or nation. I would never do that. I'm talking about how God is the only one worthy of our total surrender. You don't want to miss part three. Never forget, man of God, that God loves you, and so do I. Have a great day.